It's episode 121 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks as always for joining us on this Keto Hot Seat episode of Keto for Women show. Happy to have you all here yet again. Got Kristen here alongside to give me the rundown on these questions. Why, hello. How you doing? I'm good. Isn't 121, is that a palindrome? It is. Is that what that is? If we were my sister, who is a high school math teacher, we would be celebrating it. Uh, she inspired me really to, to say start that. thinking yeah, about those. Yeah, she taught me that. Apparently, all there was a whole week in September that was a whole palindrome week. So they Whoa. celebrated all week in their class. Wow, impressive. Yes. So today we are going back. Actually, I promised this topic a long time ago and I kind of forgot. Uh-oh. But then it was brought to my attention. I did a little poll on my Instagram stories of what topics you all were interested in hearing about on these hot seat episodes. And it was the most requested topic. And that is the thyroid. Now we're also going to include some questions about adrenals too, because they are very much connected. And I'll go into the history on that. I've talked about this quite a bit before. I've had a lot of past episodes about the thyroid and adrenals and hormones and all that stuff, but it's still the most requested thing. Why do you think that is? Actually, I think the first or second episode of Keto for Women is all about those three, which is interesting, but then, you know, how keto can help them. I don't know. I think I'm going to probably get a little bit of hate for saying this, but I think that it's a lot of, a lot of women's crutch to go to those three things when they are dealing with weight gain or weight loss resistance or not having the body composition that they used to have or that they want to have or that they're trying so desperately to have, I think, and rightfully so, that those are often three things that can very much be off that do cause weight gain or weight loss resistance as a symptom. So rightfully so that we're focusing on this stuff, but I think it becomes a little bit of a crutch. Well, I would almost say too, if you jump back a little bit from there, it's probably the low-hanging fruit that practitioners go after first as well. It's oh, kind yeah. of the first things on the checklist to make sure that are functioning properly. And then that becomes something that's probably talked about in the media more often. So mm -hmm. it is probably the first thing that someone would go to because of how we've been conditioned to think. Yeah. Even in my own practice, especially working one-on-one -on -one with clients when I did that. And then in the fat burning female project too, when someone's like, I'm doing everything quote unquote, right. Why am I still not losing weight? My first thing is, how are your adrenals? How's your stress? What's going on with your hormones? Do you have normal periods? What are those like? I start looking into all those things because it is partially at least to blame, I think, in a lot of cases. But then we really start focusing on that, like just as much as we really start focusing on changing our diet or getting into this new workout routine because that's the thing that's going to do it, then we really think it's taking all the supplements for our adrenals or getting our thyroid tested and getting on thyroid hormone replacement therapy, all that stuff. And so we go down this rabbit hole next. So that's, I think, why. But regardless, they're all really good questions. I think it's really important to talk about. And as you all know, I think it's also 
really beneficial for all of you as females who care about the status of your health and your body to know what's going on with all three of these things, the adrenals, you know, we'll talk hormones because that was kind of lumped into this, uh, your hormones and your thyroid. I really do think it's important to get those things tested once a year, once every few years, if everything comes back as normal, just to make sure and to be informed about your body. So I'm glad we have these questions. I'm glad we get to have this discussion. We got some good ones to get through. But first, we have a few quick announcements, as always, just some quick ones. If you're listening to this remotely close to when it airs, you have a few days or maybe a day or maybe an hour left to sign up to be live for the October class of Empower Intensive, which is the coaching topic is all about body image. It's such a good one. I just went through and finished up the teachings and it's a really, really needed thing for a lot of women, I think, out there. So if you can make it live, or even if you just want to get the recording right when it's done, if you can't be there right on October 8th at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, which being live is always the best, of course, because you get to chat with me if you have questions or just, I don't know, something about being live, I think is really fun. But you can also get the recording right after if you can't make it and you'll have access to that and all the goodies that come with each of these Empower Intensive calls right after. So make sure to go over and save your speech. (laughs) Speech. I've been doing so much talking this week that I can't, I don't even know how I still am forming words. If you uh, are you leaving that in, save your seat. Yeah. Oh my God. We're not editing that out. People. We don't have time for edits these days. I was about to say something because I thought you hit stop. Was, nope. Still going. Hello there. Save your speed for the October <laughs> empower intensive call over at seanminer.com slash empower fun stuff there. And then secondly, you will potentially be considered for a beta testing spot of my new class, which I have now been, it's my new project, I guess I should say. I've been talking this thing up for months now on the Keto for Women show. It's really close to launching, at least for the beta test round. We need some people to go through the course, help us out. Let us know if there's anything that they think we should do differently, anything they loved, anything that could be improved, all that good stuff. So we need your help. And those people get a discount on the course. Of course, again, just don't expect this to be. Why don't we just start over? I mean, (laughs) no, not, we're not. We're already six minutes in. (laughs) Head to seanminer.com slash mindset. You have got to get on this particular list to be notified when we are looking for beta testers. That is the best way to get your spot in this course. So that will be your best chance at getting in on one of these spots. Obviously, super limited, very small group going in as beta testers. So if you want to be considered for that, make sure you put your name on there to be the first notified. SeanMiner.com slash mindset. And that is coming up very, 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 very soon. So go do that ASAP. All right. Let's talk about the thyroid and adrenals, shall we? I do want to set the stage before we get into the actual questions. 
just to help, I think, with the flow of questions and so that you're understanding things from the beginning and I'm not repeating myself over and over and over. So let me set the stage before we get into your actual questions. The first thing is I want to give a very brief synopsis of the thyroid hormones that will help a lot for you all to know what I'm referring to when I talk about the stuff coming up. So first of all, there is TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone. And it's basically the communicator from the brain or more specifically your pituitary to your thyroid gland on what to do. And it will basically tell the thyroid to increase or decrease T4 production, which is the next hormone we'll get into. You can kind of think of it as the way a thermostat would work. Whereas if your house gets too cold, it kicks on the heat. And then as soon as the heat gets to a good level, it turns off. If it gets too hot, the air kicks on. It's the same kind of system between your pituitary and your thyroid with TSH being the signaler. Now there's total T4, which is the total amount of inactive thyroid hormone in your blood stream. And some of those thyroid hormones are bound to proteins, which is why there's also free T4. And that is so that we can test to find the hormones that are not attached to proteins. And those are the ones that your body can actually readily see as available and usable. What do you mean by inactive thyroid hormone? We'll get into that because total T3 or T3 in general is the active thyroid hormones. You can think of it as having this hormone that's on standby. Like you're not actively using it. Your body can't actively use it, but it's ready to be converted to T3 when your body needs that When the house gets too cold. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So total T3 is the active thyroid hormone, and that is converted from T4 whenever it is needed. And then free T3 is, again, the same thing as the free T4, where we can then see the active thyroid hormone that is readily available to use by your body that's not bound to proteins. So all of those are really super important to know. And then there's also reverse T3, which is the inactive form of T3, which you're like, why isn't that just T4? It's not. But (laughs) basically what happens is T4 can be converted to T3 or reverse T3. So it can be converted to the active let's go form or the inactive let's not go right now form. And your body will increase the conversion to reverse T3 instead of active T3 when energy conservation is needed. So this is seen a lot in illness, injury, you know, and I'm talking like chronic illness, like people in the hospital type thing. It's also seen a lot in chronic dieting and or kind of like starvation mode. So this is something that you could see potentially too if you have been on a lot of diets for a long, long time. So then we also have antibodies that may or may not need to be tested. I would personally suggest that most people do get testing on them if they're also getting their thyroid tested at all. And there are two, thyroglobulin and TPO or thyroid peroxidase, which basically looks at what your immune system is doing in terms of your thyroid, which is how you would detect autoimmune disease, specifically Hashimoto's thyroiditis. 
So those are the thyroid hormones. Now I want to move on to quickly talk about the adrenal thyroid connection. As I said, they are very much connected. There are so many reasons why when you are, and I hope that we all know by now that your adrenal system is your stress response system. So there are so many reasons why when you are under stress, your thyroid takes a hit. So obviously when we have perceived stress in our body, our adrenals are called into play to handle that incoming stressor. And when that happens, your body will slow down all other processes that aren't absolutely needed to deal with that incoming stressor. And that includes your thyroid hormone output because it wants to put all of its energy and resources into dealing with that stress response. So that's one reason. The second reason is that as this stress becomes more chronic, it leads to an overall consistent slowing down of your thyroid and really the rest of your body too. It's just everything kind of slows down just a little bit because now this stress is seen as chronic. There's a lot of toll that it's taken on your body and we just need to conserve energy. The third reason is that stress causes inflammation which causes your body to decrease overall thyroid hormone production. And that makes the thyroid less sensitive to TSH. And that, of course, is that communicator there. So it's not even receiving that signal then, or the signal has gotten a lot more fuzzy simply because of the inflammation that's going on in your body. And then another reason when stress is high, we also convert more T4 to reverse T3. Now remember, that is that kind of inactive form, or you can almost even think of it as a brake pedal. So if free T3 is the gas pedal, reverse T3 is the brake pedal. So your body's kind of helping you, you know, in an attempt to keep it safe, as always, helping you figure out how much energy you can and can't handle at that moment. And of course, if stress is high, we can't handle that much more energy. We can't handle that. So we need to down-regulate and it will do so by going to reverse T3 instead. Pumping the brakes. Pumping the brakes on the energy, which we don't want, but it happens in an attempt to keep us safe. That's what I really, I just really want to drive it home so many times. And I know I have so many times on the show already that if you're having thyroid issues, you've got to also look at your adrenal health. You cannot deal with thyroid in a bubble. You have to look at, of course, many other things. We'll talk about some of those other things coming up, many other things, but definitely get your adrenal health checked out because most likely if you have a low thyroid, I have a high, high, high feeling that you're going to have low cortisol or you're going to be under some chronic stress and it's going to show up in your adrenal health. And then once you work to heal that, and this was a case for me for sure, once you work to heal that and get your cortisol back to normal functioning levels, then all of a sudden your thyroid starts functioning normally as well. I've seen this in quite a few people, myself included. So just keep that in mind and definitely keep digging if you do have thyroid issues. The next thing to bring up just quickly is the difference between hypothyroid and Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease which causes a low-functioning thyroid. So that means your immune system, basically your body is attacking your thyroid 
and it's causing for lowered function of the thyroid. When it's hypothyroid, you just have a low functioning thyroid. It's not, it has nothing to do with the immune system or anything. Like I said, stress plays a huge role. But another thing that I see quite often, and again, this is after looking at lots of thyroid panels of one-on-one clients, under eating. So any diet that you're trying to do, not giving your body enough calories or energy will cause your body processes to slow down. We've talked about this a lot. It's kind of part of that metabolic dysfunction that happens after lots of under eating or even minimal under eating, but that includes your thyroid. Your thyroid is going to slow down and that would be then considered hypothyroidism. Your adrenals will dysfunction into low cortisol too at that same time. And again, they work in tandem. So you will see both of those being quite low. And then secondly, again, something I see all the time is, like I mentioned, adrenal dysfunction, which causes low cortisol, which then causes under-functioning thyroid. So those are the two things that I see most commonly for hypothyroidism. Of course, there's a lot more, something you should definitely work with your practitioner to determine that, but keep all those things in mind. And like I said, work on your adrenal health at the same time. And then lastly, I do want to just bring up Graves' disease, which is also an autoimmune condition of the thyroid, but it causes an overactive thyroid which basically just means that your body is again attacking the thyroid, but in that process, it causes more hormone to be made than your body wants or needs. So that's Graves' disease, and it would be tested differently. Again, all of these things, please go to your doctor if you think any and all of this, that's the best way to understand more about your thyroid. I'm just giving you some background. Today's sponsor of the Keto for Women show is Bombas. Did you know that socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters? Well, Bombas is on a mission to change that. They created the most comfortable socks in the history of feet, and for every pair of socks purchased, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Designed with special comfort innovations, colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas are perfect for the whole family. Get your hands on a pair of Bombas socks and your feet will thank you. Bombas has now donated over 20 million pairs and that keeps growing. They're made from super soft natural cotton and every pair is designed with art support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's supportive but not too thick. My new favorite is their merino wool socks designed to be breathable, dry, never itchy with just the right amount of thickness. I wear them every day now and I will never wear any other socks ever again. I never knew socks could be this comfortable believe it or not. I wear the athletic style to the gym. I put on the hiking ones when I'm going out. They're just incredible for a long day of hiking. So, so comfortable. And the no-shows are by far the best no-show socks I've ever worn because they actually don't slip off. They stay put and they don't show. It's amazing. That never happens. Save 20% on your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash keto for women. That's bombas.com slash keto for women to save 20%. Bombas.com slash keto for women. You will not be sorry, I promise. All right, ready for some questions? Let's jump in. I think this is a a good first one to start with. What test should I have done to check for thyroid issues? I have symptoms of low thyroid, but my TSH is normal. I love this question. This is like 
80% of the population right now. Well, this is so great because you were talking about all these different types of thyroid hormones at the beginning, the total T4, free T4, blah, blah, all this stuff. And I feel like a lot of doctors only test like one or two instead of the whole picture. Yeah. They will all test for TSH. The problem is that TSH in and of itself tells you pretty much nothing about your thyroid health, your thyroid function, nothing. Remember, that's just the signaler between your brain and your thyroid. So there's a lot of other things that could be going on than just that. But in medical school, which, you know, this is curriculum that has been taught for ages and hasn't really updated itself, that's what they're taught to test and to look for when someone has thyroid symptoms is to test the TSH and go off of that. Some of them will do T4, which is again, the inactive thyroid hormone. And there's a still a lot of things that can go on between T4, T3 conversion, T4 to reverse T3 conversion, all those things we just talked about you're not getting that picture either. So there's just you really what I said above, you have got to try to get as many of those tested as you can. The TSH, T4, T3, the free version of T4 and T3, those would be my absolute minimums. If you can find someone who would do reverse T3, that would be great, especially if you already know you have some thyroid symptoms and thyroid issues going on. And then also if you can get someone to test the antibodies, those two antibodies, thyroglobulin and TPO, that would be amazing too, especially if you're having thyroid symptoms and it's your first time ever getting any of it tested. Also look at the health of your immune system as it relates to your thyroid in that process. But if you have a normal TSH, it's not showing you anything. So there could very well still be something going on, especially because you still have thyroid symptoms and you feel that, then you need to get a second opinion. If your doctor's not going to keep testing and doing more and more searching for you, you've got to get someone else to do it. Yeah. A good example would be, so if you're just looking at half the picture or one aspect of this picture and you say you have symptoms of low thyroid... And maybe they test one thing and it's like, oh, well, it looks like, you know, those levels are fine, but it could be two situations going on, one or the other. It could be that you are not producing enough or you could be producing plenty, but for whatever reason, your body's not uptaking mm-hmm. what it's producing. Mm-hmm. So, right. So that's where looking at the whole picture gives you the whole story. Right. And there's a lot of conversion issues too, because it requires a lot of nutrients and energy and all that stuff to convert properly. So it could even be like a nutrient deficiency that's causing you to not convert. You know, there's a lot of digging that can be done when it comes to the thyroid, but you've got to find the right practitioner that will do that for you. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for the full, full panel. I actually just had to do that late last year and the doctor had no problem. She's like, sure. You want all these other things? Great. Throw it in. And a lot of insurance may not cover it, but even if you need to tack on T3 on your own or something, it's not going to be that much. And I would just say, I don't care if my insurance doesn't cover it. I'll pay cash. I want this done. It's really not expensive to do it. All right. Good question though. Cool. Cool. Next up, Angie, ways to tell you have issues with your thyroid and adrenals. Ooh, let's go over the symptom lists of both, shall we? You'll notice too, when we do go over these, they're similar, but different. So there's some overlap. There's some where it's like, ooh, could this be this or could this be that? 
but there are some differences that I think will help you pin down if you're having adrenal issues, if you're having thyroid issues, or if perhaps you're having both, which like I've said now a thousand times, just in this episode alone is probably the most likely case. So for adrenals, we've gone over this. Let's do it again because it always helps to have this repeated as much as necessary. Symptoms of adrenal dysfunction include being over your happy, healthy weight, especially around the middle or difficult and near impossible weight loss. So again, with that weight loss resistance, that could definitely be a symptom of adrenals. You have difficulty falling asleep or you don't have good sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night or even when you wake up having a great full night's sleep, you still feel tired. Some of the best and biggest first signs of adrenal issues. Like I mentioned, poor immunity, you get sick a lot, takes you forever to bounce back. You never really feel like you're totally healthy. Chronic exhaustion poor emotional, mental, or physical resilience. So I really notice this, especially emotionally for a lot of women, just feeling like they don't really have control over their emotions. And that's a sign of adrenal issues. Feeling tired and wired. This is something that a lot of practitioners refer to, and you don't know what it's like until you feel it. When it's like you just <laughs> want true. you just want to relax and go to bed and sleep well so badly and you, your body literally will not let you. It's just like still almost like excited or racing from basically your brain, your adrenal system, your stress system, but it almost feels like your brain is on fire. You'll have episodes of low blood sugar that you may notice. You could also have on the other end, insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all these slight imbalances to your health status or more than slight imbalances, but even just little things can be signs of adrenal issues. And of course, they can snowball into more extreme issues. Poor mental function, concentration or memory problems, and hormonal imbalances, which is what we talk here quite a bit about on the Keto for Women show. Now, when it comes to hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, again, let's notice some overlap, but also some differences. Fatigue, there's a very big overlap there. Increased sensitivity to cold, this is a lot more noticeable with hypothyroidism. Constipation, dry skin, weight gain, puffy face, again, something that is, I think, a lot more noticeable with hypothyroidism, muscle weakness. Same thing with that high cholesterol level. You may notice muscle aches, tenderness, and stiffness. Also pain and stiffness in your joints. Irregular menstrual cycles. Hair loss. This is one of the biggest ones that I know women see when they are experiencing hypothyroidism. Slowed heart rate, depression and mood swings, impaired memory and brain fog, and possibly but not always, an enlarged thyroid gland. So again, lots of overlap, but some clear differences, especially when we're looking at hypothyroidism, some very clear ones there that I think come about really quickly. There are some of the first signs of an impaired thyroid function, you know, the hair loss, the puffy face, 
muscle weakness, dry skin, those things mm-hmm. come up pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, it's a good place to start. I think it's important for us to say there is a lot of overlap with a lot of other things, yeah. right? I mean, something like anemia, iron deficiency, same deal, hair loss, decreased energy. So again, don't use this as a crutch, right? Yes. These are just initial symptoms that you can kind of start noticing in yourself and then take them to your doctor or practitioner and be like, what's up with me? Yeah. Can we start doing some digging on these things? Yeah. I mean, they may want to test you for Epstein-Barr virus, for Lyme. It could be mold. There are so many things. So many things. And speaking of mold, I will say, I think a lot of you know this, but just going into my own experience with thyroid adrenal issues, my thyroid and adrenal issues to the point that I actually got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and I had really high antibodies, it was all, everything, all of it was because of my mold illness. And then as soon as I cleared that, I had no more adrenal issues. I had no more thyroid issues. I have no antibodies. My thyroid is fine. I'm not on medication. It was all like just more and more and more symptoms of what was really going on, mm-hmm. which I think y'all know, but just in case. Yeah. That's a good, good example. All right. Moving on. Yes. Okay. Katya, what to do if your thyroid levels are all good, but you have all the symptoms of hypothyroidism. Yeah. So we're going back to what we know now that we've learned in the past 20 minutes, which is, first of all, did you test everything? Remember, it's much more than TSH. It's every single thing that I listed at the beginning of this show. See what you can do to get all of that tested. And if you haven't, and if your doctor won't do it, get a second opinion. Uh, That would be my first idea for you is to make sure you have all of the information. The second thing is going back through that list of symptoms. Are you really experiencing adrenal symptoms, especially if it's like fatigue or inability to sleep, weight gain, those kinds of things. Those are also adrenal symptoms and a lot of other things (laughs) as we've talked about. But start looking in other places and seeing what else, those symptoms that you have, what else do they line up with? Because there's never anything where it's, it's not like if you have hair loss, it's definitely your thyroid. If you have hair loss, there's like 30 things that it could be, right? So you've got to start doing a little bit more work to see what those symptoms mean otherwise, besides just hypothyroidism. And it could definitely still be your thyroid, but it could also be other things, could be adrenals, and you can start working there. And then while you're doing that, I would still tell you, so you're doing the research, you're making sure you're getting all the tests done, but then you can also still go through the process of healing your adrenals and thyroid. So it's not going to hurt you (laughs) to try to have better adrenal and thyroid function, even if that's not what's really going on. It's only going to help your situation, no matter what is really going on to do that work and go through the process of that healing, which we'll talk about in a little bit, what that means. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Ready? Let's do Chris. All right, Chris, what does high reverse T3 and thyroglobulin antibodies mean? Yeah. So we talked about this already, but just want to drive home this point. High reverse T3. It means you are in energy conservation mode. So that's all you need to think about when you're trying to figure out why that's happening. So your body is protecting you from having an overproduction of energy because you would have too much energy for what your body can handle right now. And 
like I said, it's seen a lot in chronic dieting, starvation mode. So that could be something that's potentially going on. Also seen a lot in illness, infection, and disease. And it could be stuff that you don't even know you have going on right now, like maybe a gut infection or something like that. Or it could be, you know, a serious thing where you are getting treated, you're in the hospital, something like that. I know for sure there's been studies that show that there are high reverse T3 in cancer patients and people that are going through that treatment. So look at those things. Look at what you've been doing as far as trying to decrease the energy that you have coming in, aka dieting, and see if that could be contributing and just get real with yourself there. Number two, thyroglobulin, (laughs) as I mentioned. What, What did I say before when I was asking that? That's a mouthful, that one. Thyroglobulin. I think I said thyroid. I'm not sure, guys. Well, I just have to say it very slow. Thyroglobulin. Is the presence of Hashimoto's disease. So if you have elevated thyroglobulin antibodies, it means, I mean, you would most likely be diagnosed by your doctor or practitioner as Hashimoto's disease, the autoimmune disease version of hypothyroid. And you'll want to work again with that doctor or practitioner to work on healing your immune system as well as healing your thyroid. We're going to get into that, but that's what that means. Your immune system has taken over. I have Hashimoto's. My antibodies went up, but my thyroid hormones are improving. Any ideas why? I thought you were telling me that you had Hashimoto's. I was like, do? (laughs) This is a no-name question, so I don't know, but someone asked. Okay. So antibodies went up. Thyroid hormones are improving. Any ideas why? Yeah, let's get into this a little further. So as I mentioned, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease, which means you need to heal your immune system not just your thyroid hormones. And this is something that I see a lot of people overlook as soon as they find out that they have Hashimoto's, that their hormone levels aren't where they need to be. They get put on medication, which is great and often needed, but then that's where things stop. It's like you just solely focus on trying to get your hormones in the perfect spot for you and forget that your immune system is freaking out right now and it's attacking your body. Like your body is attacking your own body and that's what needs to be figured out. And again, going back to my case, my immune system was so freaked out because I was living in toxic mold that then it started attacking my body. And as soon as I figured out why my immune system was so freaked out and removed it, removed that myself from that situation, things calmed down and I didn't, you know, I was able to put that into remission. So Well, and you were on medication for a while, but you were able to slowly decrease that until you finally, now you don't take any, correct? Yeah, I haven't taken any in years, but I also haven't been living in mold in years and my immune system is on point. So it's all good. So anyway, to improve your thyroid function, your doctor or your practitioner probably has you on medication, you're taking supplements, perhaps you're doing some lifestyle and diet factors, which is all good and very much needed. But you also need to start looking at why your immune system has taken this toll, why it's kind of in overdrive. And this could be tons of reasons. It could be chronic stress, like we talked about, and what that does to your immune system. It could be inflammation, toxicity, as was the case in my situation, leaky gut. It could be having food sensitivities that you're still consuming, 
It could be a bacterial or fungal infection. Just think about any reason why your body would feel like there's an invader and it needs to be on high alert. That's really what your immune system is doing. It's staying on high alert because it senses an invader. So what is that? Again, with the foods, gut infection, leaky gut, even inflammatory conditions, that kind of stuff. Start looking into that stuff more, again, with whoever you're working with on your Hashimoto's to see what you can do to heal the immune system. One of the questions I get asked about the most is which supplements you all should be taking. Knowing what supplements you actually need and then finding a high quality brand is so hard. You all know by now how seriously I take supplements and how picky I am about which ones I recommend. That is why I'm so happy to to be partnering with Care-of. Care-of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders for your specific needs. Whether you're looking for glowing skin, more energy, better sleep, or something to support your health and fitness, Care-of helps you build and stick with a plan that's right for you. Fall is a great time to set some new goals, get back into a healthy routine, and reprioritize yourself. All you do, take a short, fun, five-minute quiz and answer easy questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health needs. Get a research back recommendation with the vitamins, supplements, and or protein powders you need based on your completely personalized quiz results. Your care of order then gets shipped right to your door in convenient daily packs, perfect for a busy on-the-go lifestyle. Just throw a couple in your suitcase when traveling or one in your bag on the way to the gym every morning. Care-of makes it easy to see where they source their ingredients from and ensure only the highest quality products. I did this all, and based on my quiz results, Care-of recommended I work on my brain health, stress response, and fitness level, which I totally agreed with. So now every day, I take a packet of pills curated just for me to work on these specific things. And it's all so cute and customized. The packets even say your name on them. And the best part, in my opinion, are the fun facts, jokes, and daily tests that also come printed. I've come to look forward to reading them every single morning, which means I also look forward to taking my supplements. It can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking, but Care-of makes it easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. And they make sure what you're putting in your body comes from the best sources backed by honest guidance and transparency, all available to you on their website. That makes me a big fan, and I think you will be too. For 25% off your first Care-of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code keto the number for women that's take care of.com enter keto the number for women for 25% off your first care of order angie's up next angie asks what are the best ways to treat adrenal fatigue love this i told you we were going to get into this and might i mention that the same ways to heal your adrenals are pretty similar to the same ways to heal your thyroid, again, with that strong connection that we have between the two. So keep this in mind for both scenarios. First thing, and really the only thing, you have to do everything you can to let your body know it is safe. That is what is happening. Your body thinks that there is something that is causing you to be in fight or flight mode 
most likely 24 hours a day, potentially even when you're sleeping right now. So your body doesn't know that you're upset because you're stuck in a traffic jam or you're late for a meeting. It's these everyday things that we allow ourselves to get worked up about and your body can't decipher that that's not actually something that you need to stress over. So it's these little things that really build up and cause this chronic stress response. And so what we need to really think about when we're thinking about what can I do to get out of this is how can I let my body know that it is safe? That's all we're trying to do here. Of course, you can do that with nutrition, making sure you're getting enough good, healthy, balanced nutrients that you're feeding your body appropriately and doing what you need to do. Sleep, like I would say, honestly, sleep is more important than nutrition. I would actually go there. They might be even, but they're equally important. Yeah. You've got to get a good amount of high quality sleep in good conditions for sleep. I mean, I think we all can agree that when we have a good night's sleep, we feel kind of amazing. And that's what your body needs to do. It needs that time to restore and get into parasympathetic mode and stay there. Doing that in the middle of the day would also be great through meditation. So you can get the same benefits of a good night's sleep just with a few minutes of meditation, believe it or not, and quieting your body, calming your mind, taking a few deep breaths. That is the best way to let your body know that everything is okay. It can chill out now. So I really five minutes of meditation, just give that a try. I did a whole podcast episode on meditation. So I think y'all know how I feel about that. I would say movement to the right amount of movement for you. Too much can be a stressor. Too little can be a stressor. We have to move our bodies as much as we can, as much as feels good for us. So finding that sweet spot in our own bodies is important. What else you got? Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree that this adrenal dysfunction problem is a modern problem. Because our lives are getting so stressful, we do have so much stimulus. But I'd say really think outside the box in terms of what could potentially be causing stress. Because even things like, you know, scrolling through Instagram before you go to bed, not only is that going to affect your sleep, but there are studies starting to show that even like having that sensation of not feeling good enough or the FOMO or something can cause that kind of stress response or posting something and not getting enough likes Mm -hmm. can cause a stress response. So, you know, look into lifestyle factors that are outside the box, like maybe deleting some of those social apps or putting some sort of a time limit on them and really focusing on giving yourself space during the day so that you're not constantly distracted. We actually need time and space to breathe and let our minds just wander and be a little bored and just stand in line at the grocery store and not be constantly scrolling through something or checking email or texting this stimulus kind of slow down the stimulus. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think any sort of disconnection is great, whether it's from your computer, your TV, your partner, your kids, whatever it is, disconnect and have some time for yourself and your own space. Get out in nature during that time would be like a double amazingness to your adrenals. Mm -hmm. So give that a try. I do want to, you mentioned some of these other things and I think really the best way to 
know how to treat your adrenals is to understand why you have adrenal issues. So I think it's actually more important to see where they are coming from in you. And so I want to give a few more ideas of, again, I talked about being stuck in a traffic jam, late for a meeting, that kind of stuff. These little little things that we don't even know are causing our stress. But I want to go through some other things that you may not be thinking about too, because this is going to be the best way for you to know how to get out of it is to figure out where it's coming from. So yes, you can be physically stressed, which is illness, infection, injury, over or under exercising and over or under eating. So those would be physical stress. Those could be things that, again, you do or don't know that you have going on. So this is where getting enough information about your body in order to figure out if there's something like a gut infection or an autoimmune disease or something that is causing your body to feel stressed out. The second thing, mental stress, this is kind of, I think, where you were going with, you know, that feeling of not getting enough likes or having this FOMO situation when we do scroll through Instagram, letting your ego take over. We've started talking a lot more about the ego chatter. We talk about it with diet ego. I'm going to be talking about body ego when I do the body image workshop. These voices in your head that aren't actually you, that you're just letting this constant chatter go on in your brain that's telling you basically all the bad things that are going on. They're making you worried, upset, frustrated, scared, sad. All of those things lead to negative self-talk, of course, too. That is very stressful on your body. And this is why I'm starting to talk more and more and more about this kind of mindset shift that you need to make because it could be stressing you out. And just that alone is giving you these adrenal symptoms. And then also emotional stress. So looking into your learned beliefs, this negativity that you have, these negative thought patterns, negative reactions to things. Where is this all coming from? And how is this affecting you emotionally? You know, again, a lot of the beliefs that we have stored are coming from things we don't even remember, coming mm-hmm. from experiences before we were six years old. So you've really got to look at that or, you know, it's coming through repetition. You are always hearing the same thing over and over and over again, but it might be time to start looking at that kind of stuff too. If you're really feeling like your body is not rebounding from all these things that you're doing with it to get well, then this is kind of like where things are going in my world. And so that's why I'm talking about it. But man, do I really see these kinds of things taking a toll on people and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Which is why you're moving into that because it's if, important. If all other things are done correctly, there's still, people are still stuck. A lot of it kind of boils down to these mental and emotional pieces. I mean, to be totally honest, if you just had a physical thing or like these little tiny nagging things going on in your life that were causing you adrenal stress and adrenal fatigue, then it would be really easy to bounce back. But it's this emotional and mental stress that we don't know exist, let alone know what to do about that, then it keeps us really feeling stuck and we can't get out of this cycle. So I wanted to bring it up. Well, I think I have one more thing that we have to mention before we move on, and that is supplements. Uh, And I would say, we've said it before, do not use adrenal supplements as a crutch. If you do not change anything, any of these things we mentioned in your life, diet, mental stuff, lifestyle stuff, all this, if all that stays the same and you're just taking supplements thinking that's going to fix it, 
watch out. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. You're going to make it worse. Yeah. You're going to make it worse and you're going to spend a ton of money on Wasted supplements money. that are not doing anything. They can be a good thing to use in addition to what you're already doing. And this is what I've said in the Happy Hormones Project for years now. It's like, you can take all the supplements that I'm recommending for your case, but if you only do that, nothing's going to happen. This is in addition to everything else we're doing. And in that course, we go through five weeks of a stress detox which I mean, the course is, doesn't exist any, long, any longer, but we did do that for five weeks. And that is really important. And then all you're trying to do is find these things that you can then implement into your life, like meditation and journaling and nature walks, all the things that we just mentioned. But at minimum, I would say everyone should be required to take like 10 deep breaths at some point throughout their day. Yeah. Just that? Oh, yeah. Oh, it helps so much. Just a little bit of mindfulness with that, with quieting oh, the it. mind. But yeah, so supplements, I would say avoid them if you can. If anything, a very short-term boost to help complement changes you're already making. Mm-hmm. It don't use them as a crutch. I mean, there's no amount of ashwagandha that's going to help you get over <laughs> your past beliefs that your mom instilled in you when you were four years old. And who knows if it's even <laughs> ashwagandha. It's probably some weed they're growing in like <laughs> Greeley, Colorado or something. Anyways. That would be actually weed. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. All right. Moving along. I've corrected my hypothyroidism and gut issues, but my adrenals are not rebounding. Suggestions? Yeah. So as we now have talked about, and I think you're probably now know the answer to this, these are two of about a million reasons why your adrenals are taxed. So congrats to you for figuring out your hypothyroidism and working to correct that, figuring out your gut issues and working to correct that. But all it's showing is that there's more going on in you and your body and your mind that's keeping you from feeling or your body from feeling like it can get out of survival mode. It still feels like it needs to be in this fight or flight response. So that means there's more work to be done. So it's really time, I think, to get honest with yourself and really take a deep dive. All of us should be taking a deep dive into what really truly is causing you stress. Is it, does it have something to do with your job, your family life, your relationship, your money situation, what's going on in your head, your negative chatter, your ego. Like there's so many other things besides just these physical reasons for your adrenals to not be rebounding. So all it is, is that you have some more work to do. And I will say one more piece to this, which is that the adrenals are always the last to come into alignment and to show improvement. You've got to do a lot of other work. And even then it's going to take a while for your body to truly understand that it's safe and for that whole system to kind of come back into alignment the way that it should. So it does take a little bit of time. So I don't know if maybe you just had these things fixed within the past like week or month or even two months and are starting to get frustrated with your adrenals. You've got some more time to wait for that. But in the meantime, really start making sure that you can't think of anything else physically, mentally, emotionally, that would be causing your body to feel stressed. Moving on. Moving on. Your thoughts on intermittent fasting with adrenal issues. I have high cortisol from mold illness. Yeah, this is such a hard one. And you can go back and listen to my fasting story too, because I was in the same boat where my adrenals were tanked but so was the rest of my body from mold illness. And I knew 
or I thought at least that intermittent fasting would help with me getting over the mold illness. So it really, for me, it was most important at that time that I just got rid of that toxic mold situation in my body. I was so desperate to feel remotely normal again that at that point it was like, if I just have the worst adrenal fatigue ever, it will be far better than where I'm at now. So that's when I decided to add in intermittent fasting to my mold healing protocol. And it did help. It really did help me. It is what something that brought me back to life a little quicker than I would have, but I had to find my sweet spot for sure. And I could not do it for very long because my adrenals really did take a toll while I was doing that. And I started losing tons of hair and having like weird, I would just not sleep at night at all, just weird insomnia. Cause I would be so kind of like revved up and hungry, <laughs> but that's, that I don't think that kept me awake in and of itself. So it's a hard one. And it's something that you're going to have to determine for yourself. Do you think that it would be better if you did kind of get a jumpstart on this mold illness and then you could work on your adrenals or would you rather kind of go the safer route and work on both at the same time? Because you can. And I think it's also important to note here that you can have the same benefits to healing your body and to detoxifying using keto, even just slight intermittent fasting, even just like 12 hours overnight or 14 hours, something like that. It doesn't have to be that taxing. You can find that sweet spot, but you have to find your own and it's all going to be based on how you feel. You've got to be super, super in tune with what's happening in your body because of that fasting and are the positives outweighing the negatives. So for me, for a while, the positives I was feeling so much better that it was great. So I continued to do it. And then my hair started falling out rapidly and it became not worth it anymore because I wanted to keep my hair. So you really got to just always be super in tune with the whole process. And last thing, just go slow, just slowly. Like I said, 12, 14 hours, see how that feels. Add in a little more, stick with keto if that feels right. But you'll know, you will absolutely know if that's something that you should continue or not, as long as you're being super aware. But I guess if you don't have mold illness, because your first thing is your thoughts on intermittent fasting with adrenal issues. If I didn't see that, I would say I don't recommend it. I do not think that fasting is right for someone who has adrenal issues, because remember, we're trying to do everything we can to let your body know it is safe. And when it has any thoughts that there could be a famine or lack of food, or it may not get the energy it needs anytime soon, that's not safety. That is going to increase the stress response in your body. There are studies upon studies that show the increase of those stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol when in a fasted state doing intermittent fasting. So that would be my answer for just that. But then you tack on the mold illness and I have a little bit of a different answer because intermittent fasting is or can be at least good for mold illness in some people. So it would be potentially worth exploring if you have any sort of health issue that you know could have benefits through intermittent fasting, as long as you are very aware that you're going to be kind of going the opposite direction in another category, which is your adrenal health. So keep that in mind. All right, let's do it. Okay, Dina, does time-restricted eating and or fasting stress the thyroid if you have Hashimoto's? Yes, 
it can. Again, time-restricted eating and or fasting, like I just mentioned, is basically not letting your body know that it is safe. And for all the reasons that we talked about at the beginning of the hour, that stress does not help, but in fact hurts your thyroid would be all the reasons to consider when determining if you do want to do these things. So what I will say though, is that some fasting, a little bit of fasting, or even just being keto or, you know, doing a 12, 14 hour fast, like I mentioned in the last question can help the immune system. And remember, that's what's at play here in Hashimoto's is really trying to calm that immune system down. So there are benefits to the immune system from doing some fasting. But again, you just want to go by how you feel, how your body reacts, take it slow, do some in small doses, maybe do a 14, 16 hour fast once or twice a week, just be very gentle and safe with it. Because again, you can get those benefits just by doing a little bit. You don't have to go balls to the wall on your fasting. You can do just a little and you will still get a little bit of benefits, but also hopefully dampen down some of the negative effects that it could have on your adrenals. So keep that in mind. Last question. Last one. Julie. How to know if what you're doing is helping or hurting your adrenals and thyroid, specifically yay or nay to coffee? What about exercise? Yeah. So really, again, this is all going back to how do you feel? Because you're going to feel it. You will absolutely feel it if you have worked out too hard for what your body can handle. And it may not be right away, but it might be the day after and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I got hit by a truck. What happened? oh, I I worked out pretty intensely. That was too much for me. So your body's going to tell you exactly what is or is not good, what is or is not helping your adrenals and thyroid, but you have to listen. The hard thing is with coffee because coffee, you initially feel awesome. You're getting the caffeine, so you feel really good, but then you need to really pay attention to how you feel afterwards, once it wears off, do you feel a significant decline? Then that means it was probably too much. And it means it was really just kind of putting a mask over how you would feel if you didn't have that caffeine. And that's really important. In my case, that was how I knew that I should not be having coffee was I felt terrible once it wore off, which was my signal to, okay, I probably shouldn't be just masking how I'm actually feeling. I need to actually do something about this. So that would be my one thing is you, of course, got to listen to your own body. You've really got to tune in, see how you feel with certain things and be able to find your perfect amount of caffeine, which may not be any, and your perfect amount of movement, which will always be at least some. But then also, are you making progress on your healing because that's a big sign too. If you have been trying to work on your adrenals and your thyroid and get everything in alignment and it's not going anywhere, then something that you're doing isn't working and it's time to start looking into, you know, how much caffeine are you having? How much are you working out? All these other factors. Are you actually sleeping? Are you meditating? Everything we talked about today and do some deep digging into what could be going on. And that's your other clue. As always, I just have to end it with you got to figure it out for yourself. You got to do some research on your own body and know what it feels like 
when it feels good and when it doesn't and what could be causing that. And with that, I think we should wrap this episode up. It's time. Let's do it. It's time. Let's do it. Thank you everyone so much for your questions. They were great. Really good ones. I hope it got you thinking about what could be going on with your thyroid and adrenals. All right. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.